This is the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid and Luke Moulton. This show is lovingly put together for small business owners by small business owners to get practical ideas about attracting more customers more often. So, if you're serious about building your business, strap in for the ride. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Luke. Lukey, Lukey, Lukey! How are you, Timbo? Like you nearly blew the microphone away. I did. One. I nearly did a foofafell then. How are you, mate? <laughs> very well yourself. I'm very well. We've just had a bit of fun um, out in Luke's backyard um, filming a little video that you're going to see on... Um, well, it's going to appear on our Facebook, yeah. but I think we'll put it on... We'll work it on and we'll work it on YouTube as well. I, th- I think it might go a bit viral, Luke. <laughs> what do you think? I'm just hoping that uh, my neighbours don't look at me strange next time yeah, I say them across the fence. Fair enough. I, I agree with that because it was a little bit awkward what we were doing in that video, yeah. or at least the end of that and video. And I am actually supposed to be heading over to the place <laughs> for a beverage later on this evening. <laughs> Great. Uh, and if they look at me sideways, I'll be telling okay. you. Listeners, you are going to go and have to uh, visit our Facebook page. Which How do they do that, Luke? Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash small business big marketing. And you will see... Um, the silliness we did in that video. Um, Lukey. Timbo. Great show coming up. Goodness me. I feel very, very much at peace. Yes. (laughs) So do I, (laughs) having listened uh, to the lovely Chip Richards. Chippy Richards. He's our guest today, listeners. And um, he, well, we'll share very shortly what Chip's going to cover with us and Mm. with you. But before we do that... yes. Isn't it interesting? It's hard to kind of... Because our show's often um, quite high energy. But what Chip does share with us about um, work-life balance and um, and finding your passion is... It's, I would say it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's really... This one's um, perhaps straying from marketing, but it's a good oh, thing. Oh, no, I don't think it is. Oh, yeah. I think like... it's, it doesn't, it's not straying from being a small business owner who's... Got to do marketing and all yeah, those it's other a, but things. But it's a bit, it's a bit, um, it's a bit higher. Has higher purpose than, than love just it. straight Luke, you uh, will... marketing tips and te- techniques. Uh, there's a lot in there about um, balance and life purpose. Before we introduce Chippy, yes. and get stuck in some stuff, Lukey, What's on my mind? What's on your mind, Timo? What's on your mind? I'm glad you asked. I spoke at an event yesterday at the People's Ground. Ah, the MCG or the G, the G for uh, for overseas listeners. That's um, it's Australia's biggest sporting ground. Seats one hundred and ten thousand people. I had an audience of about (laughs) a (laughs) hundred, but it was still good. Interestingly enough, um, I spoke to an audience full of medical type people, and it was a really hard gig. Um, tough crowd, Timbo. T- it was a tough crowd because even for, you, even for me, I, with I, your comedic prowess. <laughs> yes, well, I have been called some things, but comedic <laughs> prowess is not one of them. But you know, like um, they were, they were tough in the sense that they weren't marketers. Um, yeah. I was there to share some social media knowledge with them and how it may affect. They're all from not-for-profit organisations, um, and I was umming and ahhing, and I even put out on Twitter about ten minutes before I went on that I'm. About to enter a tough audience. Um, yeah, I saw that. Did you? Yes. Should I be myself? And the the overwhelming response was absolutely be yourself. You know, um, and I did, and I was myself. I didn't try to mirror them because if I had mirrored them, I would have been quite dour. <laughs> and I decided not to, and it actually it worked. I was really happy that I I, I thought you know stuff it. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to give them what I would normally give, and and it worked. And I think what I had to say came across in the spirit of how I would normally want to say it and kind of walked off going, you know what, 
job done. Yeah. Yeah, and that's important to sort of... I guess the lesson there is to be yourself and to kind of um, just kind of not not try and mirror who it is you're talking to because mm. I think other, if you do that each time, you're going to be kind of quite knowing. You're not going to know whether you're coming or going. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be true to your brand, Tim. Thank you, Luke. That is excellent. Excellent. Listeners, write that down. True to brand. Lukey, um, Fiverr.com. Yes. We, we, we shared that last week. Yep. And uh, we, or last episode, I should say. And we did say that from as of this episode, we would have the a segment called "What Would You Do for a Fiver?" Well, well, yes, we've had a great response from one of our listeners who uh, who sent us an email during <laughs> yeah, the week. Yeah, yeah, go on, you read that email. It's quite uh, this funny. Is from uh, Brett Kenwood, Kenard. Uh, g'day, boys. Firstly, love the podcast. Thanks very much, Brett. Your presentation, style, content, etc. Just wanted to thank you for bringing to my attention Fiverr.com. I jumped on for a laugh yesterday, and now. And now offer a service of recording short scripts in an Australian accent. <laughs> Within 20 minutes of starting, I had a, my first job, a promo voiceover for a London oh, radio station. I love that. A London radio station. Uh, this followed by uh, two more jobs. So um, there you go. Uh, Isn't that... Lukey, we not only give marketing advice, we help people start businesses. So based on Ben's email, he's earned $15. Brett. Brett, he's earned fifteen dollars. Yeah, that's, hey? that's right. Brett, retire. <laughs> <laughs> but Fiverr.com listeners, it's a place to go for um, to find uh, things that people will do for five bucks, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. We were going to have a segment, or we are going to have a segment in the show once the projects that we are posting on Fiverr start coming in. We've got some boys from the Bronx writing a song for us. We've got another bloke writing our domain name on. Times in Times Square, yeah. but and we yet... we've got a bloke about to Twitter twenty eight thousand of his followers about small oh, business big marketing podcast. God bless him. So bit of stuff happening there. So that's a bit of fun. That segment looks as though it may be in the next episode or one thereafter. Yeah, we'll tell you how our little experiments with Father dot com go. Lukey, Timbo, I am potentially selling uh, my mother's home, right. and I had three real estate real estate agents come in yesterday. Yes. And do you know what's really funny about this? Like they came in to do the value, and I never met them before. From three different companies? From three different companies. This is really funny. Every single one of them rang the doorbell. I answered the door. Very normal stuff. Shook hands, and every single one of them said, Have we met before? Fair income. Fair income. <laughs> I laughed. No, I didn't laugh at them, but I was thinking... Clearly, they've all been to some course which says, when you meet a new prospect, ask, haven't we met before? Familiarity of some sort. Yeah. By the sec- the sec- when I got the second one, I thought, oh, that's a coincidence. <laughs> then the third one knocks at the door half an hour later. Um, I-, I thought it was, I mean, they didn't know each one was saying the same thing. Quite a clever tactic, though, as a, as a conversation. Timbo, they might yeah. have seen you speaking. They might Stop have it. Heard you on the podcast. You, you are yeah. pretty famous. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've seen me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying, you know, what sound does Blue make? Yeah. Um, but they, um, it's a good conversation starter. Whether it, but you know, like I, I liked the idea of them having something to kind of break the ice. Mm. And I think you know, if, if it applies to small businesses and networking. I think it would be worth putting some thought into maybe three or four questions that you've just got in your kind of toolbox, mm. you know, your marketing toolbox that when you meet someone new or you're in an opportunity, well, the first question or the first answer 
the, the question that everyone's going to ask is what you do, and we've gone through that before. We have. Ad nauseum in previous shows, but definitely have the answer to that, listeners. But have three questions up your sleeve to kind of break the ice when you're networking would be a good idea. Indeed. What else, Lukey? Anything else before we... Oh, I have got one other thing. Yes. You know what we didn't do last show? What didn't we do? And you're not ready for this, are you? We no, didn't announce did... the winners oh, of that's right. the book yes. that Cody Bateman from episode 18 kindly gave to us to give away. Yep. Cody's written a book called Promptings. And I can tell you, listeners, that you, the winners, are Michael R., D- Damo86, Adam... Oh, De Giorgio, I'll get that wrong for sure. Um, LJJL69, <laughs> lucky for some, and The Mining Man. So um, those people, listeners, left a written review on our iTunes account, and you know who you are. Send an email to... Questions at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and prove to us that you are one of those people uh, providing your email... I uh, know your postal address. That's right. Physical book, Timber. Physical book. Yeah. It is a hardcover book worth about 50 bucks, I think. 45 bucks. So we'll send that to you um, as long as you can prove that's who you are. Um, Lukey, let's get into Chippy. Yeah, let's get into Chip. Oh, my God. Now, listen, before we do, yep. we have kind of preempted a little bit about what he's going to share. Listeners, Chippy, top-level skier from America. Mm. Very old mate of mine. Yep. Uh an Olympic coach, ex-Olympic coach of the Australian ski team. Uh, he shares all this, but he does. he's he does got some good this. stuff. He's a but, pretty but remarkable man. He is a remarkable man, and what he has to share is remarkable. He went from being an Olympic coach to writing two feature films. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's a straight line progression. Interesting. Um, he's a, he didn't say it, but I know that he's a bit of a gardener, loves his garden. Bit of a hippie, I'd put. Hippie the chippy. <laughs> chippy the hippie, you know. Um and lives up on Byron Bay with yeah. his beautiful wife and his beautiful boy. And Chippy's going to share a whole lot of stuff with us around finding your passion. Yeah, I'll leave you with a quote, Lukey. May I? Please. As small business owners, we often say, I get to choose which 80 hours I work. Not a great solution for us small business owners who many of us have left the corporate world. A bit of work-life balance would be good. Chip. Yeah. Chippy's going to share the secret. Welcome, Chip Richards, to Small Business Big Marketing. You are looking delightful over there with the cans on, (laughs) on your head. (laughs) Feeling very good to be here. Now, Chippy, normally, normally we would have a guest on and we'd go, oh, that person is here because they are an advertising person or because they own that particular business and they're going to talk about that particular business. You're a little bit different. (laughs) I'll take that as a compliment. Absolute compliment from the heart with love. I want you to tell our listeners about yourself. And if you are humble, which I know you are, I'll pull you up and say, push harder, Chippy. (laughs) Chippy, a little bit of background on you. Go. All right. Well, how far do you want me to go back? 60 seconds. 60 seconds. That's how long you got. (laughs) Okay. 60 60 seconds ago, I was in the toilet and it was going pretty good. And here I am. Um, Why don't we start when I land in Australia? Is that good? No. No. Back. Prior to? Where are you from? Uh, Colorado, USA. What what did you do there? All right. I was a good kid growing up in the mountains. And um, 
I guess my background to what I'm doing now is that I was an um, elite athlete. I was a uh, competitive freestyle skier for a long time and um, was kind of moving in big strides towards my own Olympic dream, uh, but my body didn't really want to get there. And um, just uh, kind of a couple weeks before the Olympic trial event, uh, two years in a row, I blew out first my left knee and then my right knee, and, um, and it was kind of a bummer. And uh, it was a bit of a mystery, too, because I, I, hadn't, I didn't fall and I didn't do anything that I hadn't done a thousand other times. And so it kind of made me sit back and go, wow, why did that happen? And um, my coach at the time asked me if I wanted to coach with him for a season to see if uh, I still had the fire and just to kind of rehab and whatnot. And so I went up with him to coach and uh, something really weird happened about an hour into my first day coaching is all of the kind of angst and frustration and total like heartbreak of the of the injuries just kind of evaporated and I discovered like a real genuine passion for coaching people and um I had I'd been a good athlete and you know I was ranked number 1 in the US for what I did uh but I found that suddenly there you know 20 minutes into coaching it was like I came home it, it felt so much more natural to be on that side, kind of uh, tuning into people and, and giving the energy rather than being in that sort of insular mode of an athlete where you really have to be sort of super protective. And um, so I didn't really have any agenda around it. I just kind of followed it. Uh, and But it just kind of blossomed. And within a couple of years, I was invited to come down here to coach the Australian Olympic team. So I kind of uh, lived out my Olympic dream in a different way mm-hmm. um, as a coach, which was, I think, probably a lot more appropriate for me and who I am. And um, and one of the things I realized while I was coaching at that level is it was a real trip because when you're at that level where you've got a group of people that are pushing that hard towards something and they're all super-duper refined, um, I realized you could kind of factor out the whole physical side of it. And it became a total mental and emotional and energetic game. And I started playing a game. Literally, I would come to breakfast the morning of the big events, and I'd just look around the room and watch the athletes in their pajamas eating their cereal and um, talking to each other in all the different languages. And I would just start picking who was going to win that day based on how they were holding themselves and, and just how they were carrying themselves and their 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 walk and their tone color of pajamas color of pajamas yeah yep. the print that they wore you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of paisleys were winning back then and that was pretty cool uh and so i at that time i kind of took a big uh diversion from my own coaching tactic and stopped focusing or took a lot of my focus off of the technical side of the coaching and started focusing just on my athletes as humans and really getting them clear about what they really really wanted like what their really super highest vision was and then um just bringing them into alignment with that vision because I found that if they had a dream and they weren't getting it, it was because something within them wasn't, uh, wasn't lined up with it and it was a belief about themselves or, or, a, or a thought pattern or, uh, you know, something to do with, you know, their past or, you know, a past failure or whatever. And so I just started playing with them as individuals and I found that they'd make little shifts as people and then they'd start showing up on the podium, you know, like kind of without trying. And so anyway, to make a long story short, when I, when I finished working with the athletes, I kind of ventured out into the creative world and I found that uh, a lot of the very same principles applied in business and with people's lives and with filmmakers and, and all sorts of okay, things. Okay. So, so you kind of left the whole sport thing behind, 
realised that the, the learning there for you is all about personal development, both for yourself and for your clients? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, it was. It was really about, um, yeah, and, and kind of I got real fascinated with those sort of outer reaches of human potential, you know, that's kind of areas that we think are, are impossible and, and helping people kind of get into, because that's what you're doing when you're reaching for an Olympic, you're kind of reaching for the impossible. And so how do you get someone so that in their body and in their mind and their heart, they're actually lined up to do that. And, um, and so that just became a real fascination for me and it's taken me into all sorts of different directions. So the fascination for me is how did you go from that to writing a feature film, which listeners, Chip's written a feature film. Or two? Uh, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. the second two, one's, two. yeah. Um, How do you go from uh, sort of podium, Winter Olympic kind of stuff, athletes in paisley pajamas to <laughs> feature films? Well, uh, it actually, well, there's kind of a funny story about it actually, which I think uh, sort of is an expression of what I'm talking about. Um, when I was working for the Olympic Committee, uh, strange, well, totally typical Australian, they never got me a, uh, a working visa. So I was working for them for like four years for the government, essentially. But I was uh, I was a tourist, and um, and so every time I came in and out of the country, I had to sign. You know, I just had to fill out my little visa form, and I was always really paranoid that they were gonna know that I was working and that they were gonna deport me. And so, starting from my first arrival in Australia, um, whenever I got to the little occupation box, I just wrote that I was a writer and a director. And, um, and then I'd often get in these really funny conversations with the customs people who would say, oh, what are you writing? And I said, oh, you know, I'd tell them about this script that I was working on. And it wasn't, I mean, in retrospect. Hello to all those customer yeah. officials that are listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you guys. Um, and, um, and, you know, quite uh, serendipitously, within about six months after I finished coaching the team, I found myself as the head of television production for this little firm in Melbourne. And my role was to write and direct uh, um, um, Promote, uh, what are they called? Pilot, pilots for TV. Okay. And, um, and then it just kind of blossomed. And um, I ended up about a year after that um, meeting a, a beautiful guy named uh, Paul Curry, um, director of One Perfect Day. And, Film um, you wrote. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, it was one of those cases where Paul and I started talking and I was just at that stage just helping him get clear about what it was he wanted to do, you know, what was the vision for the film that he wanted to make. And, and then as he got clear, as I helped him get clear on that vision, um, it just happened to be that, um, I kind of had a good way of articulating it. And so it just became a real natural follow through that I ended up writing the film. And, um, but it was really through just helping him get clear about what, what it is they wanted to do. Yeah. So let's take, um, a small business person who's trying to try, trying to are you looking for a segue into yeah. the business uh, marketing loop it's, it's really interesting around around mindset and certainly there's a lot of there's a lot of online gurus who do say a lot around mindset so hmm. how what are some of the techniques that someone can use to to find their niche or to find their passion or to get in the groove or whatever you want to call it um what do you call it uh what would i call it being yeah, well, yeah, one of the things I tell people or that I really try to do is try to help people do from a higher place of being. You know, I think I think particularly in this world, like our Western world is crazy. Like we're, we're, we're on such a treadmill and we're, our training is all around just doing and just this constant kind of churning of, of activity in our life from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. And, 
And so much of that is uh, a product of what the expectations of, of are, are about us, and like from the pe- different people in our lives and our family and our workplace. And it's just, and, and from society as a whole, like who, what we're supposed to do, like what, what it means to be successful. We got all these, like all this input going, blah, blah, blah. Mm. and, um, for me, what I've realized is most people never stop to really ask the question, what do I really want? And they just get into this, um, they get so far down the track of reacting to the situation that they're in and kind of just patching things and doing what they have to to make ends meet that they never actually stop to sort of find out what it is that they really came here to do. How do they do that? Well, <laughs> it's, $64 million question. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, you, most people, most people what happens when they break down when they run so fast or so hard that uh, either their relationship explodes or their heart explodes or, you know, and, and I, I learned this myself because I did it as an athlete, you know, my knees explode, you know, and when, when something like that happens, you know, unless you've got someone that stops you in your tracks and says, Hey, you know, like, what do you really want? Like, what, why is it that you're really doing this? Um, Oftentimes it takes a moment or, you know, sometimes people, you know, they go on a holiday or they go somewhere and they get a moment, you know, and I normally, and, and normally, you know, injuries do that for people and crises do that for people and, and deaths in the family do that for people. And, and they, they make you sort of stop. And in that little space, oftentimes I think you start to hear, you know, a higher truth. And, um, so. Do, do you know the irony here that a lot of small business owners that I meet, have left the corporate world, the madness that you're talking about, one example of the madness that you're talking about, which is a corporate world, and they go and start a small business thinking, <laughs> I'll do this from the hammock. Small business is madness. It's, it's, it's busy. We're, we're all, we, us small business owners are doing everything. Yeah. So the irony of like, I'm just going to take a little step off the accelerator and go slow with a small business just doesn't happen. So... What, what do you say to those guys? Yeah, I've got two really key thoughts on that. Um, the first one is that oftentimes um, it isn't a change that's needed. I mean, and a lot of times doing small business, like it, it is going to be really hard work. Like you're going to have to work your ass off. Um, is it okay to say ass? Ass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Arse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and a lot of times that question of what do you really want or, or why you're really doing this um, it's when we lose sight of, because a lot of times that question is really clear when you start that small business and you really, your, your motives are really pure and they're really aligned with, with some seed inside of you, you know, like the work that you guys do. It's like, wow, you really know why you do it because you're really giving people something really special. But it's in those times when things get really busy that you start to lose sight of that, of, the, of why you initially were doing that. And sometimes it's just a matter of coming back to that initial seed and, and really, you know, what brought me to this in the first place and kind of refining or purifying your motive. And then suddenly you can kind of see things a bit better and, and your, your energy is more aligned. But the other thing that I, uh, that's been incredibly powerful for me, and it, it goes right back to working with the athletes, but it's been, it's followed me through film and everything is that, um, that, I really, for me personally, I always do whatever I have to do to put myself in a good space uh, because I find that, for example, I'll just give you an example. Um, when I'm writing, um, I could be writing a scene and I could sit there and uh, work on that scene for eight hours and not get there. Uh, or, or and, and I might go, oh, you know, stuff it and put down the, you know, close the laptop and I've just been pulling my hair out. I can't do it. 
And so I go outside and I go, you know, for a walk with the dog or I go for a surf or something. And I take a little step away and it might be 15 minutes step away. And I'm walking through the trees and the sun hits me and I see a leaf and I have a thought. And suddenly that whole scene that I've been working on for eight hours comes to me in like a nanosecond, you know, and it's right there. And it do, is, do you run back? Yeah, sprint. Yeah, I, start, I try to write on the bark, you know, like, well, actually, I, I bring this with me everywhere I go because you just Large never pet. know. Yeah. And, but I've almost gotten in several head-on collisions, you know, because that, that impulse comes as you're going down, a, you know, down the road and all of a sudden, oh, you know, and you can't. you got to catch the butterflies when they're there. So, um, so I think for uh, particularly for small business owners who have the weight of the world on them and, and, and have that feeling like, well, I, I'll, I'll take a break when this is over or I'll stop and take some time for me next month or I'll, you know, this, all this question of like uh, sort of, first I'll do this and then I'll give myself the reward of having a, like a little bit of a break. I really try to rewind people back there because it's amazing. You can save lifetimes. You can save, you, you save days worth of energy and money and time when you take little, little pockets of time to really reconnect with yourself. As Luke was doing right then, mesmerized. Actually, I, I, I'm actually just relating it to, to some of the things that I do and going through my head. Yeah, you know, I, I spend a good sixty, seventy hours a week working. No way, do yeah. you? Yeah, chippy yeah. golden stuff there. Yeah, fantastic oh. tips. You know, we we've um, just listening to you talk and and the kind of space that this 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 chat's gone to is mm. very different to where we've been and, and I've realized that we might have contributed somewhat Luke to the madness by rattling on about advertising and publicity and seeding and all this type of, you know, good marketing strategy and ideas mm. that come out of the show, but it's actually really nice. So you even just notice just to have this mm. change of direction is just like, Whoa, how nice. Even that pause before when you were asleep. When we had <laughs> well, <it's> a, <laughs> cer certainly was not asleep, Timbo. <laughs> just, that, just dribbling. <laughs> Not at all. But it is. It's, it's just, um, and there's so many different ways of breaking it. You've given yeah. us two. Well, and, and I think, you know, just, I mean, even on that last point, I think for small business people, uh, and I know this for myself as a small business person, you know, the stakes are higher. You know, you don't, you don't have the overhead, uh, you know, support oftentimes to just blow, you know, 10 grand on an advertisement this here and there. And, you know, your steps have to be a bit more measured and, so it's, um, I think it's, it's from those expanded spaces, from those times when you actually take a moment to kind of hear a, that quieter voice within you that isn't so affected by trying to chase your tail and, and, and be, have a piece of every pie, but just getting clear of what is the one step I can take that's going to make the most difference. And, mm. um, that's, that's always been really helpful bit, for me. A bit of Pareto's principle. Timbo. Oh yeah, that's a good one. What, that, what is that again? 80, 20 rule. So the 20% of what you do. Causes the eighty percent right. of the results. So yeah, chippy, gold. You don't mind if I call you chippy, do you? Not at all. Knowing you no. for about <laughs> <laughs> forever. That's right. <laughs> lovely, lovely, Lukey. Yeah, good stuff. We could talk. I, I've got actually had a lot more stuff here, but we might even get chippy back another time. Indeed, because this is uh, let's just settle. Let's just sit on that that gold and let that simmer away. Definitely some things for our listeners to Correct. take away, Tim. Chippy. Mm. Love your work. Yeah, thanks for coming. Bring it on. Thanks for having me, guys. 
You've just come that little bit closer to getting your business booming thanks to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed and Luke Moulton. Please keep in mind that the information, opinions and ideas expressed in this show are those of the hosts and interviewees and theirs alone and they don't necessarily reflect those of their past, current or future employers.